Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 384 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lisa Evers. Lisa lives in Chatham, which is in Ontario in Canada, and she is an early childhood educator. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. So great to talk to you today. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Okay, so how much time do you have? We have one hour. <laughs> okay, so I will still give you the condensed version. Because well, we like all the versions. Okay. An hour is a good bit. Of, we, get to, we want to hear it all. Okay, so this has been a journey that I didn't really realize that mm-hmm. I was on for about, it's, we're almost 30 years. So 
I'll condense it into that amount of time. All right. So, okay, we're going to go back to real quick 1974 when I was born. Awesome. <laughs> so, when I was born, I was born with digestive issues. My mom did all the things that she could do to help me along and they weren't major struggles, but when I was little, I had a hard time going to the bathroom. Then when I was a teenager, it was the other way, kind of urgent. Then in my early 20s, I went the other way again. So diagnosed as your typical irritable bowel. But what that did through my teen years and into my early 20s was made me slightly obsessed with what I was eating. Right. I could see how that would happen because if your bowels are moving in either direction, it, it doesn't feel good. We don't no. want it to be too fast or too slow. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think I got in my head that, no, I'm not going to accept this. This is, it's got to be this or it's got to be that. And I was right. like, on the hunt. Meanwhile, it, after talking to some naturopaths and stuff, I am physiologically slow. It's just, I have slow to low motility and it might just have to be something that I deal with, but it became a big thing. It's in the forefront of my life. I was, I was thinking about it all the time. I was talking mm -hmm. about it all the time. And I'm sure everyone was annoyed with listening into all my conversations about that. But then it got me constantly worried about what I was eating. So I was doing all the things, going to naturopaths, taking all the supplements, mm -hmm. doing all that jazz. Plus with living through the era of like 90210 and all that stuff where everybody was like stick thin. Oh, they were. Looking back, yeah. people were thin. Incredibly. Yeah. Like, and that was that was what was society's thing, right? That's what was that was what was considered beautiful. So my other obsession, I'm gonna have to call it that because I don't know what else to call it, is that I had to stay the way that I was. So I was like taking like these pills called Proenzy 99. And they were like a something that was like a stimulant because it made me feel all jazzed up. And I don't mm -hmm. need any more jazzing up. I'm pretty energetic <laughs> as it is. But I was taking that not because I needed to lose weight because I didn't want to gain weight. Right. For what made me think I was going to, I don't know. It was probably just wanting to stay the same, that pressure to stay the same. Was that one so, of those pills that had like ephedra in it? I think there was something in it. And mm -hmm. here in Canada, it might be different with what was allowed. But all I know is that it made me feel like I had about 16 cups of coffee. And it, yeah, like, ephedra was really popular here for a period of time. And then I think they banned it. Okay. As being dangerous. I don't know. But I, it, I, I took those things too. For the over-the-counter diet pills. Yeah. I felt dangerous. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's true. So, shortly after that, I had walked into my doctor and he had noticed looking at my neck, he's like, I think that I need to do some lab work on you because I think you are hypothyroid. It must've saw something. Like a, like a, a, like your thyroid had like a, maybe a, like a nodule like a or, something. or something or yeah. it was looking thicker or whatever. And I was like, okay, let's do that because I'm exhausted. Like yeah. I'm go, go, go energy throughout the day. But then once after dinner hits, I would have been like, okay, hey, I'm ready for bed. Brain foggy, I might have put on, I probably thought I was gaining weight, but I might have gained like two pounds. But yeah. to me, that could have been monumental. So take that information with me now that I was like, oh my gosh, what's the number one sign of hypothyroidism? Weight gain. Right. I said, that cannot be me. So then the obsession moved from, or morphed, I don't even know if it moved, it morphed into like that kind of worry. So 
couple years go by, I get married, have some kids. I was not nursing my children. So I knew right after I was having them that my mind went to, well, I got to, I got to hop over the border and go to the States and get myself some drinkable slim fast. Yeah. We only had different kinds here. And I wanted the stuff that was in a can. I probably didn't even need it, but my brain was like, I got to lose beta weight. It was all consuming. It is not, it was not healthy. You know, I get it. And I think this is an important thing for us to talk about the pressure and the the expectations we put on ourselves. I mean, you were not overweight. No. You just were so like afraid of becoming overweight that you just were trapped in that diet mentality all the time. And and I get it. I, I, I was felt living it. Yeah. in diet brain mm-hmm. the same way that somebody who needed to lose weight. So there's people would think that we have people who've lost a lot amount of a large amount of weight and me would have nothing in common. We have right. a ton in common. It, it was all up here and in here, like in mm-hmm. our head and our heart and our soul. So then I go through, you know, all those years doing everything, uh, all the supplements, got into fitness, took my personal training certificate. Things got a little bit better there because then it was a little bit more health-based versus mm-hmm. just being like, I, at one point I was just like skinny and then I ended up being a little bit more fit. So there was a little bit more health stuff, building some muscle, building healthy routines as far as getting to the gym or physical activity and all that stuff. So I was an early childhood educator and a personal trainer at one point at the same time. Wow. So this is going on and I'm talking for years because my kids are like 21 and 19 now. And this all started in my late teens. I come from a home where there was no diet talk. You want to find a picture of a beautiful upbringing, a healthy, happy childhood. That was me. I was going to ask about that because I wondered where this all came from. Like, you know, we so often hear it came from your mom having a fixation either on herself and how she looked or on you and what you were doing, but you didn't have any of that. Nothing. So it clearly was what I was ingesting from TV, other media magazines, like 17 magazine. Did you read that one? 17 Cosmo, all the, all the stuff, or, you know, standing at the checkout and women's world or whatever it's called. is like lose five pounds and, or lose 50 pounds in this short amount of time. (laughs) Right. Lose 50 pounds by next Tuesday. Yeah. With this one mystery from the Amazon. (laughs) I'm not even sure why that intrigued me. I never bought those ones, but I wanted to look at it. It was intriguing to me because I didn't have any weight to lose, but why did I feel like this was an obsession of mine? So now we're getting closer to the age that I am now after all the supplements, all the things. Okay. So that pro NZ 99 carb cycling, learn that by being a personal trainer, whole 30 paleo, the medical medium, you name that type of mm-hmm. plan. I did it because I was like, what can I eliminate to make is all a lot of elimination stuff or right. in my mind. Now I was demonizing healthy food because I was trying to reset my gut, but I was also trying not to gain weight. And because society was like, you know, you should look the way that you already do. Like I looked the way that society thought I, I think I should look, but it still wasn't good enough because that pressure was to stay that way. And I know it's exactly what you mean about, you know, the demonizing healthy food. I talked about this. I can't remember what book I wrote about it in 
Feast Without Fear, or maybe even Fast Feast Repeat. I don't know. But Chad and I were driving to Florida for like a cruise or something years and years ago. And I was like, let's play a game where you name a food and I'll tell you the diet book that says you should never eat that. Like literally everything. Every food is demonized by some diet. And you get to the point where it it becomes like, you know, the term is orthorexia, where you're just afraid to even eat because everything can be made to seem dangerous. Yeah. And and you want to know what's dangerous? I'll tell you the diet book that will convince you not to have that or the documentary or the the health influencer or whatever. Do you think it had kind of gotten into that cycle of feeling like orthorexia? Oh, I was, I was heading somewhere and, and I was using my gut issues and my thyroid issues is almost like a cover up for what was really going on, which was, I did not want to change. Right. I would on, if I didn't, even if I didn't change or gain weight, I only get better. Maybe I can go to the gym and gain more muscle. Then I got kind of obsessed with that. So then it was like boot camp, hit CrossFit, you name it. I did all that too. Everything was taken to the extreme, right? There wasn't a lot of balance. I kept a lot of this to myself though, because I'm raising two children and I have a daughter and I did not want to put any of that on to her. I also was quiet about it because I didn't want my parents to worry because they probably had no idea of what I was going through because it was mentally not healthy. So that's why I call what I've gone through with fasting, a mental weight release. Oh, I love that. Not mental weight loss, because usually when you lose something, you want to find it. I don't ever want to find this again. I want to release these feelings. So a couple years, no. So now we're getting up, we're getting really close to May of 2022. So maybe it was May of 2022. This random article popped up when I was in my searches and I wasn't even searching for the stuff because this is stuff I would look at, right? How autophagy could help with hypothyroidism. Okay. Okay. I was like, what? What, what is, is autophagy? I, and- I had to even ask somebody what, how to say the word. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty clever. And I'm like trying to break it down. I'm like, I can't figure out even how to say this. So I read the article, which then lead me to fasting. I'm like, oh, okay, I've heard of intermittent fasting. I've had friends that have talked about this. Some of my friends that are a little bit more interested in the, the health and wellness world, like would talk about paleo and all this stuff. So I've heard about it. I'm like, hmm, this sounds like something that I could do. So that same day I got, after I read the article, I get in um, some Instagram post and I find this page that seems simple enough to follow. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. So I'm just going to start fasting. Easy. Something triggered in my brain. It was like, give your body a break from digesting food. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, I was probably still doing mini carb cycling mixed with eating five to six small meals a day. And I was like, maybe I should just stop it. Just stop it all and just give myself a break. You know, that so, makes a lot of yeah. sense. You know, you were having digestive issues from birth, right? And our digestive system needs that break, that period of digestive rest. But also, there's a lot of decisions to be made every single day. If you're eating, like you just said, you're eating all the small meals because that's what you probably were told to do, especially if you went through the personal training, you know, the training for that. They're like, great, here's what you tell your clients. Here's what you do. You eat all these meals and you're making so many decisions. It's It feels hard not to become obsessed with what you're eating and when you're going to eat next. 
Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, so... It was just so much going on in here. So then now I'm like, oh, I have more things to add here because I'm like, I found something that I feel like the next thing that I was going to try. And kudos to my husband, because he's the one who knows everything, mostly everything, supporting me in my not eating wheat phase. Because I did every elimination diet there was to see if my guts would feel better and to make sure I could maintain my weight. Oh, it was just so much work. So I get into fasting and I'm like, okay, I hear, I hear 17 hours is a pretty good number. So I'm like, I'm going to go for it. So I did. And I'm like, Ooh, this is hard. Like, I don't know why this is so hard for me because for 15 years, I've been drinking apple cider vinegar in my mug of hot water every morning. Cause I heard it was good for digestion. I went through a period of time. I don't know. Some diet book came out. This is before fasting. And it was like, all you have to do is drink apple cider vinegar in your water. And I think you're also supposed to put honey together with it. I don't really know why, but that was the magical, I think, I can't remember. And it melted the fat right off your body. So I was like, well, I can do that. Yeah. Did it melt the fat off my body? Guess what? It did not. <laughs> and did it magically fix my digestion? It no. did not. <laughs> no. And did I also do the lemon? I did, but I actually yeah. quite enjoyed it because I'm not a coffee or it does taste really, really good. Drinker. It was it's delicious. delicious. Yeah. I love it. So I'm like, this is 17 hours. Shouldn't be this hard. Like, so I'm probably about two months of that. Well, then something told me to reach out in that Instagram page. I don't even know what it's called. Like, I, I don't even know if it has a ton of followers, but I said, I said, if you could recommend a book, because I'm a, I'd rather I like to read a book or whatever. Like, I like to have the information in front of me. What book would you recommend? Fast Feast Repeat. I'm awesome. Like, okay. And you don't remember who that Instagram person was. I think it was called like 
it was something like intermittent fasting, but I don't know where the hyphen was. I don't okay. know. It was just very like clean and simple name. So I get it from my library and I'm done it in like, I don't know, 24 hours. I was like, oh my gosh, I, this, all of this makes so much sense. And I'm thinking to myself, my mom's a retired nurse. My mom needs to read this. She would love this just for the information because she's way more sciencey than I am. I am the opposite of, I'm all by feel and gut mm-hmm. instinct and like, like that kind of vibe where she's like, Ooh, she likes the science behind it or, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. So the next, I think the day I started reading it, when, as soon as I read clean fasting, even though I wasn't done the book yet, I'm like, well, that's it tomorrow. I'm just not going to have apple cider vinegar. I'll just have hot water because I love that warm, cozy feeling. It is so good. 95 degrees in the summer. Yeah. I still love it. So then that is when things started to happen and things got way easier. I felt like ah, the weight of the world. I know it sounds over the top and ridiculous, but I felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders because all the things that happened after that were like, whoa. Like it doesn't crazy. feel ridiculous, you know. I've, you're, what, what episode is this? I already forgot. You're, this is episode three hundred and eighty four. So I've talked to a lot of people, and one of my favorite things is when people come to the community and they're new, and they're like, "I've been listening to the podcast, and everybody said this, whatever, whatever." Like you just said, and they're like, "And I thought that sounds crazy, but now I feel that too." It just so many people say it that it it just is that that thread. It's like that freedom. It's like it releases us from all the mental baggage of having to think about it all the time. And the clean fast, I really think, is is instrumental. And so that that's my my, my goal in life is to get the message of the clean fast out there so that people understand, especially if they've tried fasting and it didn't work, or if they're like, well, I saw a video. It said I could have apple cider vinegar. And so I just do it because I think I can because the video said I could. And that clean fast challenge, take the clean fast challenge, just try it because that is really, I think, what makes the difference. You know, you know, like you said, I, I'm very intuitive. And in Fast Feast Repeat, I dug into the science. I also like the science, but I don't love the science as much as like maybe everybody does. Yeah. I don't want to know about mTOR and all that stuff. <laughs> Like, stop. No. Yeah, I want to break me. it down for me so uh, I can I can feel it and get it. Yeah. So those that those other habits, I don't want to call them bad because I don't like loving all this labeling of right good and bad, because it's done and over with and it is what it is, and it got me to where I am today. But some of those habits that I had before gave me like I've always been very determined. I've always followed through. I'm very dedicated. Clearly, I let that other shenanigans go on for almost 30 years. <laughs> I can I could stick to it. So even if I wouldn't have found your book when I did, I probably would have kept fasting, even though it was hard until I did. Because I have full faith that I know that I would have found it. Yeah. Because I can do hard things. I've done hard things. I've lived this mental journey that I've been on. It's been hard. So I know that I would have eventually found your book, but I also know that I would have probably not quit because I usually give everything a good chunk of time anyway. That first year of fasting for me was probably the, after I found the clean fast, the, one of the easier things that I've ever stuck to. I I've love never, that. Yeah. I, I, but I've never counted calories. I've never considered macros. I tried once to weigh my food from a personal, tra- my other friend who's a personal trainer to make sure I was getting enough protein, but that didn't last long with me because that had to do with math. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like the little kids. I like different types of math. So then that 17 hour became easy. And I was like, well, now am I going to eat at 17 hours just because it's been 17 hours? Am I actually hungry? I actually started thinking. I could think for myself, which was huge. Rather than following, like I know we have protocols in the fasting world, but the other protocols that I were following were like the protocols that everybody seems to want. Tell me what to eat, when to eat, how much, blah, blah, blah. That to me was almost taxing more mental health stress, like more, more. And this was like, <sighs> yeah. So all those years of demonizing food, eliminating stuff, constantly taking stuff out. I was like, I kind of went a little bit the opposite for a while. I'm like, I'm letting her all back in. I'm, or I'm letting stuff in because oh, I love that. <laughs> but does this really bug my stomach? No, this doesn't. Maybe I would, my stomach was bothered because I was digesting food all day. Mm-hmm. All day. It was like, slow down. Don't put any more in right now. I love that. And, you know, to to go back to what you said a minute ago about you had always been following a plan. You had always been somewhat, we're so used to that. You know, I think you mentioned a, a string of diets along the way and things you had eliminated. Every person has a plan of this is exactly what to do. This is exactly what to eat. And with intermittent fasting, a lot of people are like, and this is exactly when you should eat it. And also, these are the things you should eat, like most intermittent fasting books. But when we realize we have the power and the the freedom to figure out what makes us feel good, it is like a weight has been lifted. There's no plan. It's almost like I feel like I have a secret yeah. that I want to tell. You know. Um, that I have to, I have to get it out. But with my story, it's so different. So if I hear people talking at work or if I hear people, friends or whatever, it's almost like, well, I, nobody wants to listen to me because I haven't been through their journey of needing or wanting or having the desire to lose weight. But I was like, there's gotta be something to be said, even though I did it wrong or it wasn't right because it, it was wrong because it messed with my head a bit. But there's still something to be said about somebody who can maintain. I've right. maintained. I'm like, maybe ask me, because now I know more things. Maybe I had to go through all those other things to learn that so that I could help somebody else. Maybe that was just the way that things went. Well, I think so. You know, you've probably heard me talk before about how I'm grateful that I was obese and I'm grateful that I struggled because. Having had the struggle of being obese means I understand what it's like to try really hard and things are not working. And all the diets that I tried over the years, you know, low carb, low fat, whole food plant-based recently, just for because I for health purposes, you know, giving my own self diet brain even now. And whole 30, I tried that back. All the things. I did everything. You have to go through that. It feels like bondage. You have to go through it so that then when you release it, you're like, okay, life is not supposed to be like this. So I, I, it sounds to me like you're grateful for all those struggles because it's gotten you to where you are today. I am incredibly grateful because I'm also learning about the contrast. If you don't right. know one, you can't know the other. And all of this brought me to somewhere else in my life that is this, because like I said, this is a huge mental health journey. So I was doing really good. I am doing good. I, my was, was still, it's 
still going on. So something happened last winter and I wasn't feeling right. And I was like, I should be feeling like a million bucks. I'm fasting. I know all the good things that's going through my system, what's happening. I have less brain fog, but why am I so anxious? What is happening? Why do I feel such dread? Why do I feel so unhappy? Mm-hmm. Is it perimenopause? I'm looking for the excuses. Is it because whatever? So I'm going to counseling. I'm doing all the things. And I had my aha moment. My aha moment was my brain was finally clear of diet brain. As I was wrapping my head around, why do I even have diet brain when I don't, I'm not on a diet, but I literally was. My head was clear of grocery shopping, what workout I'm going to do, what meal plan am I going to follow, all the things that had to do with food or exercise or whatever. I was settled. So other thoughts were allowed in. I was listening to my body and the aha moment was, I'm not in love with my career anymore. Right. Oh, that do I understand that? <laughs> so, because people would be like, fasting can't bring you to that. Fasting can bring you to all sorts of things. So after I had that aha moment, I realized that the person who I was working with, my counselor, was probably, that was more anxiety-based. That almost, that was lifting once I made the aha moment. So I decided to hire like a, a coach, a mindset mm-hmm. coach through Pursuit Institute. And then the ball just started rolling. I needed all that other things, all those things to happen to bring me to the moment where, yeah, and my job served me well and I served it well until it doesn't anymore. And that's okay. It's okay to change. I was seeing myself as that then. Then, then that became like my identity. I needed to find my, my identity because my children are older. I'm not my job. I am Lisa. And there's so much more in there and to offer. And all of those things just led to the goodness that is happening now. So this... Well, let me go back just a minute and and like dig into that just for everybody okay. who's listening, who might be new because this is coming out in February. Lots of new intermittent fasters probably listening. What Lisa said is so right. When you know she was cons- consumed 30 years, Lisa, 30 years Almost. with diet thoughts right? Yep. 30 years of of your life was consumed with what diet plan should I be following for health and so I don't gain weight. You did not want to gain weight and you wanted to be healthy. And it, it was so all-consuming, you're constantly changing things up and you were thinking about it all the time. Suddenly, you found fasting and all the, you, you didn't have to struggle anymore. No more thoughts about what to eat and when to eat and, and what's good and what's bad. And suddenly your brain is open to hearing other thoughts. And so you were feeling anxious and you didn't know why something wasn't right. And through counseling, you realized you were in a job that wasn't serving you well because you finally had the chance to dig into that and to feel it. And fasting gave you the space to to pay attention. It did. And I don't, I won't let anybody try to convince me otherwise. It has to be. It's, Oh, I believe it just because ditto, you know, we hear that all the time, you know, like things that I thought were important. If you look at my life pre-fasting, post-fasting, like things that I thought were important, like stuff and I don't know, jewelry. I mean, I don't know, name it all, but you you realize you're like, I don't need all that. I don't need any of that stuff. You know, I've like minimized, we we become like minimalists in a way with with everything. You you keep what really is valuable. It's. 
And and what is valuable? That's the whole year that why. That changes. Right? The what, that, what is valuable changes. It's right. no longer like stuff. Yep. So it's, your why becomes a huge part of you. And I wouldn't have been able to get through it without that the coaching program that I went through because I, I needed that and I embraced it. I'm loving it. I'm still involved. But I've learned through fasting bringing me to that as well as that I'm very goal driven. I always have been. But what my goals were before were controlling me. And yeah. now I am in control of Ooh, my that's goal. huge. So my goal is to actually for real be happy, healthy, joyful, grateful, so that I can now do what I need to do to serve. And it's already having an impact in my home because my home is so calm. Because before I was literally trying to control everything in control freakish ways. Now the control is so different coming from the inner part of me that it's relaxed type of control. It's, it's amazing. It's, I love it. It's sometimes even hard to express. It's a whole different way of feeling. Well, I, I, I get it. And people who have been fasting a long time, they're listening, they get it too. And the people who are new are like, what? That sounds, I like the sound of it, but I can't imagine. But it really does just free up your mind to figure out what really matters. Just like, you know, we talk about food being window worthy, you know, or, or am I really hungry? Is the food window worthy? Do I need to eat this? Whatever. But really everything starts to go through that lens, movement and exercise. You know, there was probably a time, Lisa, where you did certain exercises or certain regimen in the gym because you felt like you needed it to build more muscle and have a certain kind of body. You ate protein that was prescribed to you, you know, the amount you were told to eat. I bet you move your body with joy now. I do. It's so different because before yeah. it was also time-based. I'm like, if I yeah. can't be in the gym lifting or doing this or whatever, for an hour, then why bother? It was almost that or working out more for like, I hate to say it, but like punishment, right? You know, to un or to undo something. Now it's like that beautiful 40 minute walk that I went on my lunch. Do not underestimate the power of a good walk is my actual workout for the day. If that's what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm still retaining and maintaining the muscle that I have built. Or if I get to the gym for 40 minutes, so then 40 minutes is what I got. If I go down to my basement and rip out a fun workout for 20 minutes, that's okay too. The pressure is off. It's all because I get to, not because I have to. And it feels different when you're doing it because you get to, not because you have to, oh. or like you're trying to make up for something. We all know starting the exercise regimen because you're making up for Thanksgiving or you're making up for Christmas or the bathing suit season's around the corner. So it's, it's that almost, I, I think the term, I've, I've seen someone actually call it like exercise bulimia. Like, you know, you're like working off the calories, you know, we're not, we're not purging per se, but we are like activity it, purging. I don't, you know what I mean? <sighs> It's all the same for me. It's mm -hmm. distorted. Yeah. So it was my way of thinking was distorted. My way of eating was distorted. My way of thinking was distorted. The way of working out was the way I maybe looked at myself. Now, even though I might have looked in the mirror and be like, yeah, I'm feel good. It has to be more than just what you see. Right. Now it's all about what you feel. So, you know, before a holiday, I don't have to like do something ridiculous for seven weeks or eight weeks before I take a trip to Florida to be 
bathing suit ready and journal it or whatever. Like that stuff was creeping in. And I'm like, I know better than this, but you know what? We all do, but we can't help it because whether it be society or what we've read or what we've been taught or just thoughts that we can't help getting control over my thoughts because of the mental clarity from fasting has, that has been life-changing for me. Like I've, I've completely transformed. I love that so much. Yeah. And that really, that, that you never expected that. Oh. Like when you started intermittent fasting, it was, you know, you found that that article that just popped up. The algorithms are so interesting where they know yep. what you're going to be interested in. Like, oh, she's she needs to learn about autophagy today because she already is interested in her thyroid. Let's put this in there. So whatever that article about hypothyroidism and autophagy was, um, you started fasting just because you felt like it would be healthy. Yep. And to give my body a break from digesting. Okay. I had to do, and I had to do something different because all the things that I was doing, even though they were all different, they were still the same. Right. And it wasn't working for me. You yeah. Know? It, it like, felt why crazy. Am I, yeah. Why am I demonizing a potato? Yeah. Why can't I, why is a banana? Why do I, why should I, on a meal plan, get this much of a banana or a quarter of an apple? First of all, who eats a quarter of an apple? What's you, what are you going to do with the rest of it? <laughs> well, Chad eats half an avocado. I don't understand. Oh. That's because he's got the appetite of a little tiny bird. Yeah. Hold me back from an avocado because I'm, my husband's lucky if I share it with him. <laughs> That's true. But like, it's, it's getting rid of all that distorted, help me get rid of all that distorted thinking. And the things that I am capable of now are just, I was capable of resigning from a career that I possibly could have, you know, retired from with a pension and benefits. But you know what? It's okay to move on. It's okay to change because the only thing in life that's guaranteed to say the same is actually change. Yeah. Well, that's true. Let's do it. So you just, you just resigned from your job. This is new. Or what? Last Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like freedom, doesn't it? It does. And Freedom has been my word. So my whole time through my time with my coaching company, that is the word that keeps coming to me. Everybody has something like a lot of people feel, you know, peace or whatever. And and I love everybody's word that resonates with them. So my word is freedom. So I don't even know what I'm doing with it. I started an Instagram page called freedom through fasting. I don't know, don't know what I'm doing with it yet. It doesn't matter as long as I took that action to get something started. I had a feeling. So I followed it because all the freedom is it's for me as a human, it's a global type of freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm even starting to think about more about what I'm reading. Like I'm fasting from certain things on social media. I'm fasting yeah. from certain news. You know, it's fasting is a whole bunch of different things. It's got to take a break sometimes. Yeah, it's true. And and I, I do think fasting from those things get, can over, they can consume us. And the episode hadn't come out yet by the right today that we're recording this in mid-November. So I think they'll be coming out soon. But I actually gave myself diet brain recently as an overreaction to my dad's health challenges. So I started going down a bunch of rabbit holes and it was from YouTube. YouTube algorithms feeding me things. And of course, I'm always going to be interested in bio-individuality and health and nutrition and helping people figure out what works for their body. I got so far down the rabbit hole, I was back to whole food plant-based. Now I'm eating whole food plant-based, low fat. It didn't feel like freedom. I love that you just brought that up because I was struggling, thought I was struggling 
with appetite correction mm-hmm. because I still enjoy dessert every once in a while, or I still enjoy sh- some sugar or whatever, a treat or whatever, a glass of wine occasionally. That is dramatically reduced too. But then I got thinking, no, I'm having appetite correction because I'm thinking about it. Right. I'm actually aware of it. I'm like, oh, I can have that beautiful brownie from a bakery because I'm choosing to have that in my window because I feel like it's worth it versus I'm not going to have that, you know, cheapy cupcake from the grocery store or whatever. So at first I was being hard on myself and having diet brain, like, oh, do I need to completely eliminate this? But I've lived a life of elimination and it didn't work for me clearly. So I feel like I have to be more of a moderating, have a moderating type of personality. So I'm like, I am I need to cut myself some slack and give myself the credit that I am feeling appetite correction because I'm thinking about it. I'm aware of it. I don't eat the whole pan of brownies. I never you just have a little bit. I just have a little bit and enjoy well, it. And yeah, I just went through really recently. Now, like I said, I've talked about this. I talked about it more on the fast feast repeat podcast, but in some episodes prior to this, but they're not out yet by today's date of recording. But just like you, I suddenly, because of all these things that I kept looking at and what it kept showing me, I was like, this is the way I'm going to be healthiest. So I didn't need to lose weight. I wasn't gaining weight. I didn't want to lose weight. But I'm like, oh, I'm doing this for health. I'm not going to eat dairy and I'm not going to eat eggs. I'm not going to eat meat. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what am I doing? The freedom and the joy was gone. And then I'm like, okay. Never mind, forget it. So now I'm like completely. I've I've like wiped my my brain from that that diet brain. But it is insidious, and it can even happen to me this many years in. Where, I mean, maybe that is like the healthiest way for my body to live. I don't know, but it certainly didn't feel healthy to be restrictive. That that didn't feel mentally healthy. Right, and this is the the part where I'm coming from because it's been almost all mental. Sure, I've had yeah. some other things that have been. Uh, I don't know about the scale because I don't own one because that did a number on me like quite a few years ago. I was letting that we we've heard it all on the podcast, right? All the things. I am one of those people that don't need a scale. I'm fine with my clothes because I was letting it determine if I was going to have a decent day or not. But just the mental clarity and the freedom and the awareness of listening to what makes me feel good. So right you know, I was doing all the elimination things because that, that's what you're told to now because that list was huge. Oh like, yeah. It was huge. This doesn't make me feel good. That doesn't make me feel good. Oh, oh, all the things I'm like, okay, guess what? Pizza actually doesn't make me feel terrible. Raw onions do tea on an empty stomach and sometimes oh, yeah. tea on a full stomach. So tea is not my friend. Tea makes me queasy. I'm, I'm like yep. the one Southerner born and raised in the South who does not like tea. And I never did. Tea makes me queasy. So all those things that I thought bugged my stomach. Okay. So really processed cereals. Yes, they Mm -hmm. do bug my stomach. So I haven't been eating those for years, but I'm like, does steak, does red meat really bug my stomach? So I'm like, I'm going to try it. No, it doesn't. (laughs) So now it doesn't mean that I'm going to go and go back the opposite way and like binge eat all the things that I've demonized over the past many, many years, but it means like, I'm going to have that. And if it happens to be a pizza night, I'm going to actually eat it with my family instead of doing, making my, another meal like I did for years. I can have a great big salad and a two pieces of pizza and be totally fine. It's, it was just so distorted. Yep. Yep. So 
you've you've added all the foods back. Yep. And I know that onions are going to stay out. Right. Because the, yeah, the raw out. onions and the tea. And, exactly. And mm-hmm. super cheap chocolate. Like, no, yeah. give me a, I want like a 95% or a hundred percent dark chocolate bar or something like from a bakery, something that is of quality ingredients. That other stuff doesn't really make me feel good. So I just yep. don't eat it, but I can always have a nice dark chocolate bar in my home and break off a square whenever I want it. So I can have it. It's yeah. so freeing. Well, and I I want this, I want your story plus my recent story to be a cautionary tale for everybody because you were always looking for almost like biohacking through your diet and exercise, right? Oh, yeah. And that's really what sent me down the path as well. Y'all know I love Zoe, big fans of the Zoe personalized nutrition information, but that really got me started really focusing on shoulds and shouldn'ts and what is ideal for me. And look, we have the, you and I probably have a similar kind of perfectionistic tendency where you're like, well, this is what's best for me. So that's what I should do. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500 Because it's the best. I want to do the best. I don't want to just do a okay thing. I want to do the best. And the more things that I, I found out about my unique biology and what works best for me, the more I was like, well, I better do that because that's what's best for me. And then I was like dreading ordering my meals because I was like, didn't want to eat a vegan meal. I didn't want to eat. I wanted to eat some cheese. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yep. The whole should, okay? Yeah. So what I was doing was literally shitting on myself. Yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah. All the stuff, right? I should be doing this. I should be doing that because I was not, I was not doing a whole bunch of what my brain thought was should not have because I was doing all the things. But then I thought I had to add more to that. I was like, holy cow, relax. Yeah. It's okay. And that has, this has brought me all that relaxation, 
clarity. I can tell what makes me feel good and what makes me not feel good because I'm listening to my body. You didn't need to watch a documentary to tell yourself that, right? Or read a book. Listen, listen. Yeah. Yeah. But I never allowed myself to listen because I was so busy with all the other things. And then all the other things that came on top of that were like the zero brain fog. I remember driving home from work now. I love that. And that's much safer for me to remember my ride home from work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a smaller person, but the way that my family rolls, I have cellulite and I'm a, I embrace it. I don't mind it, but it's less. So I'll take that. I'm noticing, you know, as I'm getting closer to 50, like this is tightening up a little bit. Like I'm noticing things. I'm noticing that I don't have to work out as hard or as long or as intense to get the same results. So if I feel like going hard, I'll go hard. If I don't, I don't. I still have nice muscle definition. That's the magic of intermittent fasting right there. And so many people that are... are still you know following that old advice that you have to like eat before you work out and then right after you work out and you can't build muscle unless you're eating x amount of protein per gram of whatever and really though you're not like calculating protein needs or all of that you're just working out and getting getting the muscle growth based on listening yep. to your body yep yeah it's hard, so, and I, I'm, hard I'm to not, believe for people who are, are preaching the other way, but it's true. And it's so different because your focus shifts. Yeah. I focus on clearing space in my calendar for friends and fellowship and visiting. And, you know, you always, you get the friends and you're like, let's catch up. And then like nothing ever happens. And yeah. it's just a saying, I'm done with that. I don't want it to be a saying. If it's said, it's going to get put in my calendar and we're going to do it. So that creating order for things that are important because my to-do list was just that a to-do list. That I was like blindly checking off workout, this, that water, yada, yada. Now it's an intentions list. I mean, I, I figure out what I intend to do and it's going to be purposeful and mindful and it's going to feel good. It's going to bring me joy. So I, I just feel in your, your energy, I, I feel like you're going to do some sort of coaching, some sort of health coaching, something like that. Am it's, I, am I on okay, to something? So, <laughs> you might be because this is, my coach is telling me this. She's like, I'm feeling this too. So yeah. what my brain is doing right now in which I love, because before I'd be like, nope, that imposter syndrome. What do I know about that? You know, all that type of thing. Or no, I can't do that. No, I'm not doing that anymore. And now I'm like, hmm, that's an idea I want to explore. That sounds so, and maybe that's why deep down earlier, I decided to start that Instagram page that's new that I'm just like dabbling in and getting to know about. Maybe I, maybe I am because even though I don't have training, let's say formal training, my experience can help anybody. I can still help somebody who would like to lose some weight. I could still help people who would like to maintain, I can still help people who are just maybe in general, not feeling good. Yeah. Well, you're a teacher, right? And we're, we do have training. Teachers have training and people may not realize, but you know, when you think about, okay, what does a teacher do? You might think, okay, a teacher teaches math and a teacher teaches reading and a teacher teaches whatever, a subject matter, but uh, -uh. (laughs) it's, it's, we're, we're teaching kids to trust themselves. We're teaching kids to push themselves. We're teaching kids to 
follow direction. I mean, all the things that we do. We teach kids how to how to live in the world and how to how to become people. And all of those skills can translate into what you can do with helping people find the freedom. Yep. And and teaching kids and other people all ages now that I know this information to start thinking your oh, own yeah. thoughts right? A lot of, what do you think about that? What do you feel about that? You know what? You might think it sounds silly, but maybe go journal about that. Write it down. See how it feels. doesn't have to be like, oh, dear diary. It's no like I feel. And then, you know, it, it, it helps you make that uh, for me. Anyway, it helps me make that connection. That's a powerful question. What do you think about that? What do you think? You know, like people know, people know. And it's, you just sometimes just have to ask, like if someone is on a plateau or someone is struggling, say, okay, what do you think? And then they like, they tell you, they know, because we, we know, we just maybe haven't asked ourselves and, you know, people maybe come to me and they're like, Jen, why am I on a plateau? I'm like, why do you think you're on a plateau? Jen doesn't know, you know, (laughs) right? This is what resonated with me so much with that book, which was Mm -hmm. even before I went into my funk and my slump and before I started to work on myself was that your sayings of like the, we are a study of one, right? Only, you know, why, Mm -hmm. right? Just like my doctor isn't going to put me on the same thyroid medication that he's going to put my mom on. We are different. We're different humans. We weigh different weight. We have we're different heights. We're different. Right. So we can't, it's nothing in this world is a one size fits all Yep. thing with, when it comes to us humans, like we're pretty amazing. And we're so different. You know, that's the thing there. There's somebody, you know, not giving myself diet brain again, but I do, I am always going to be interested in how the body works and what people are saying that's new and, you know, the latest discoveries and what we're learning. Like a lot of the stuff that we thought might be true with genetics has p- turned out to be, hum, not as much as related to genetics as we perhaps thought. There are some things that are genetic, your eye color or whatever, but some things really aren't. A lot of it's your gut, all of that. But I love to watch how people evolve and change their recommendations. Like I'm following the diet doctor. And do you know who diet doctor is? No. He's low carb. He's been very low carb. And I read something that he tweeted this week. Now he's focusing on satiety instead of low carb. And he made a statement where he said, I used to believe that low carb was the best way for all people to eat. And I, 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 I'm paraphrasing, but now I realize it's not, it might not be right for everybody. And I'm like, wow, you're watching people evolve and watching people like change and find new ideas. And the, it just, it's just ex- exciting and you know, exciting. giving people permission to figure out their bodies. Right. And that shows that those people are not hung up yep. and stuck and that their mind is open and ready yeah. to receive new information, which mm-hmm. is what I hope that people will want to do when they hear about people talk about fasting because there is no starving at all. It is lovely that it can be all about food, good food, healthy food, what makes you feel good. You just get to enjoy without guilt. Well, and, and diet doctor, I can't, his name is Andreas and his last name starts with an E. I can't pronounce it, but satiety is very exciting to me because that is really the key. Like we know when we eat, if we feel satisfied, we know it. Like yesterday, 
I was here at my work condo and I had like a little bit of ice cream left over that I stuck in this freezer. And I was like, I know I should not open my window with ice cream, <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to do it because it's, it's like four o'clock and I just would like to eat this little bit of this ice cream. Then I'll go home and have something else. Do you think that ice cream gave me satiety? It did not. Nope. <laughs> I went home and I was starving. And I'm like, well, that was really a bad idea. I should not have eaten that ice cream to open my window. I knew it, but I did it anyway. But focusing on satiety and trusting ourselves, I really think that's the key. And, and feeling when you have eaten a meal, you shouldn't just feel physically full. You should feel emotionally satisfied as well. I think that's important. And that we don't have to be perfect because yeah. we will never be perfect. Plus, if people have had some issues that they've gone through, like for me, it was almost 30 years. I'm not, I, I'm, first of all, I'm never going to be perfect anyway. Second of all, I can't all undo all of that mess that yeah. I allowed, you know, to happen in, I don't know, a month or six week or a 12 week program. You cannot undo it that fast. You have to give yourself some grace and some yep. patience and love. You have to, you have to love yourself and have. And there is good... no perfect. See, that's oh. the thing as well. If you asked a hundred nutrition researchers, a hundred diet book writers, a hundred people with dietary theories, write down a perfect day's worth of eating. You would have a hundred different plans. <laughs> like they'd be completely yep. different. And I'm like, how can all these people be experts? And it's a hundred different things. And that's where the study of one comes in. I feel really, really satisfied when I eat a big baked potato with butter and sour cream. Depending on who you ask, I shouldn't have had the potato or I shouldn't have had the butter or the sour cream. Maybe I should have just eaten the potato or just had the butter. I don't know. But none of those by themselves make me feel satisfied physically and emotionally. Oh, same. Last night, I know that I have this beautiful roasted chicken, but I said to my husband, I am roasting up some potatoes to go with that. And yeah. it tasted so good and yeah. I felt good and I felt satisfied. So then I wasn't feeling like, now what am I going to go rummage around in the cupboard for? First of all, there's exactly. not a ton there, but... I'm still rummaging. That is a feeling. I don't want the feeling of having to rummage because I feel satisfied because I listened to my body by eating something that I knew that it was going to feel good. Well, I love the work that diet doctors doing with the idea of satiety because I really do think that's the key. I didn't feel satiety on keto <laughs> or low carb and I didn't feel the same satiety when I was whole food plant-based. Yeah, the food is good. I feel good doing that. But we have to figure out a lifestyle with intermittent fasting, because here we are you know, talking about intermittent fasting, with intermittent fasting, the whole appetite correction, and what gives you satiety, and what makes you feel good mentally and physically. And that's what the answer is. But no one can, divine, can decide that or determine that but you. Yep. And a bonus on top of that is I feel like with all this mental clarity and how good I feel physically that I am, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to age backwards. Yeah. I'm not, I'm my, unfortunately for my grandma, she died a couple weeks ago, but she was oh. 106. Oh, grandma, that is fabulous. So let's talk about a celebration. And I'm yeah. thinking about the way a 106 year old woman would have ate back in the day. Yep. They would have ate just to satiety. Yeah. They would have ate off the land and the things that would have made them feel good. Yeah, like, so, grandma, what were your macros? She would have yeah. been like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm eating. She dinner. lived a beautiful life. Yeah. Yes. 
So all the things that I learned from even just thinking back on that, I was like, that's awesome. And we know we don't feel great opening up our window with a chocolate chip cookie or something. That ice cream was probably not a good choice. Man, my my taste buds were happy and I felt joy while I was eating it. I think feeling joy while you eat something like ice cream is better than feeling sadness while eating raw broccoli. But do we beat ourselves up over it now? No. No. You move on. We learn. And I had a good dinner. It (laughs) felt better. (laughs) And you move on. That's exactly. Yep. And when you, when we know better, we do better. And it doesn't mean that we're going to like the the whole thing. We don't have to be perfect. Yep. Because that's the whole other thing. I don't, I think perfection is an illusion because that is what was getting me into trouble was the whole, like I said, it was an overcorrection for my dad's illness and feeling like I've got these genetics. I've got type two diabetes. I got to do everything I possibly can to be super, super healthy. So I'm going to do this because Zoe told me I don't clear fat well. And, you know, I do better when I eat a lot of beans. So I'm just going to go all the way. I overcorrected. So you probably understand that very, very well. Yes. And, oh, that's amazing that you just brought that up because this just reminds me of a book that I read. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. I've heard of that book. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. He was a plastic surgeon, but he tried to help you in your mind and your brain first before doing any type of surgery. And he talks about that overcorrection and he uses a torpedo as an example. Yeah. Nothing is ever perfect in a straight line. We're going to veer to stay on course. We're going to veer a bit off. But yeah, it was a it was a very very good book, which also helped me with a lot of that. I've heard the, of it. I'm gonna look that image. up. Yeah, it's a but good I one. have now I've now steered myself back on course and enjoying my food again <laughs> and feeling the freedom. Feeling the freedom, and what's funny, I mean, you know, I I know if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. So all these tools, these new tools of the biohacking, I think they could really. I mean, the, the, the motivation is good. Like we want to have fabulous health. So you're like, how could it be wrong for me to know what my blood sugar is doing 24 hours a day? How could that be bad? Well, it can be bad if it causes you to overcorrect yep. and, and you're losing the joy of life, you know? Yeah. So anyway. that overcorrecting, that overthinking that it's when it becomes over that word, so anybody over, listening, right? yep. if you're yep. finding yourself doing that, steer the other way. <laughs> that's what, that's what yep. I'm doing. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So the main thing that I cannot deny is the clean fast because yeah. even with the little amount that I was having in my water, it still made a huge difference. And I know that from personal experience, I yeah. felt it and go by feel, start listening, start listening to your body. And if somebody talks to you about fasting or they want or they're like an enthusiast, like I am, just try it. Just yep. keep an open mind because you, 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 there's nothing to lose and all the things to gain so, so much. And it, it can do more for you than you expect it to do. I love that so much. Lisa, I have so much enjoyed talking to you today and thank you for sharing your unusual, but very important story. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, 
but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 65th National Finals of Distinguished Young Women. Every year, one girl from every state leaves her family, her whole life behind, for two weeks and spends each day training, practicing, preparing. Because to win this competition, she needs to wow a panel of judges with her academic record, her athletic ability, her speaking skills, and a show-stopping talent. I met her and I was like, she's going to win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black woman in America, there's going to be backlash about that. Oh, I'm just so happy. So happy. I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimoliai, and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.